Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I'm so excited to meet a brand new friend. It's just like the, the way our digital world will connect me with new friends makes me so happy. So this is Nichelle Nelson, and we met in the digital sphere. I'm so excited. And she is from Warp and Weft History. And I, I tell you what, talking to Nichelle, I don't know how we're going to fit her life story into <laughs> one episode, but we're going to hit what we can. And then you just got to connect with Nichelle because it knocks your socks off. So it's like this is a pioneering homeschool mom, a military kid, wife, you know, like, like, and, and went back to college as an adult, like the whole, I mean, every, every homeschool angle you can get. So <laughs> Michelle, say hey, and, and just introduce yourself and tell us your homeschool story. Hi, it is such a pleasure, Ricky, to be here on uh, Seven Sisters uh, Homeschool. I'm so glad to, I'm always uh, excited to meet uh, more homeschoolers. Like yes, yes. they're my people. They're my yes, tribe. Yes. Um, so uh, again, my name is Nichelle Nelson. Uh, I started homeschooling back in 1993. Long and time. You, like, you could just hear like the door creaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the old, old school, old mm -hmm. school homeschool. My husband and I, uh, when we got married, we immediately moved to the Azores, which is uh, a small island off the coast of mainland Portugal. Yeah. And uh, while we were there uh, in our early marriage, we, you know, started discussing how we wanted our family to be, how we, what culture basically we wanted as a family. Mm -hmm. So by the time our, our, uh, firstborn daughter was born in 1989. We had established that we wanted me to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm. Uh, that was weird. That was absolutely <laughs> weird. My mother and my mother-in-law were both pretty much pioneers as far as women of color in their fields. They were always the first woman of color to do this, the first mm. woman of color to do that. And so the idea of me being a stay-at-home mom was just, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> we, uh, but uh, we just really felt, we were, we were people of prayer. We really mm. felt like very strongly that this is what we were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So by the time Adrian was born, I was praying for Adrian one day and I just got this really strong unction that she was never to enter the public school system. Mm. And I thought, well, okay, then that means that at some point in time, we're going to hit a big windfall and be able to private school her <laughs> and, and, and her future siblings. Uh -huh. uh, I just assumed that that's what was yeah. going to happen. So when she was about eight months old, we moved from uh, the Azores to Germany. Mm. When we first arrived in Germany, uh, we are an introvert extrovert marriage. <laughs> I am an introvert. My husband is an extrovert, uh, almost almost to the extreme. <laughs> so my husband was in the fellowship hall talking to people, which is what he does, <laughs> and I was out in the hallway not talking to people, which is what I do. And he comes up to me. And he says, he's very excited. He says, you have got to come and meet this family. They teach their own children at home. And literally the first words out of my mouth were, and your point is, <laughs> because 
I, there was it no, in no dream, in no fantasy, in no thought process of my mind did I ever believe that I could teach my own children. Mm. I was the child in school that was constantly daydreaming, that was constantly mm. being told you work too slowly, um, you don't get your work done, you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um I was that child. So mm-hmm. I, I absolutely did not believe that I could mm-hmm. teach my own children. With the exception of the fact that I did know that I taught my, I'm about nine years older than my uh, sister. Mm-hmm. I taught her to read out of boredom one oh. summer. So by the time she got to kindergarten, she was already reading. Oh. That caused a whole lot of trouble. Uh, because my sister was not one who could sit still. And mm-hmm. so being already knowing the material, I, I knew from experience that was problematic. So I met this family. This was a family of color. This was an African-American family. They had four daughters. The very first thing that impressed me about this family was actually how well the siblings got along together. Uh, my husband and I did not really have that kind of relationship with our siblings. Mm-hmm. So for the older one to pick up the one, younger one and make sure she was eating and mm-hmm. comfort her, mm-hmm. I was like, wow. So the first draw to homeschooling yeah. for me was that idea of familial closeness. Yes. That was really, that really touched my heart. Yes. So on another day, I was standing in the same hallway in the in the base chapel, and I was looking at the bulletin board again. And someone came up behind me, and we had this. As an introvert, we enjoy deep intellectual conversation. Oh yes, absolutely. We absolutely draw on that, and so we had this conversation about something on the board without ever, without me ever turning around to see see who I was speaking to. <laughs> and so at one point I actually turned and realized that I was speaking to a 12 year old young man. Oh, <laughs> and I said, who are you? And who's your mother? Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get to know your mother. And he introduced me to his mom. They were a Latino family uh, of homeschoolers. Oh. Uh, the mom was actually from, I want to say Panama. Mm. She really was my gateway into the uh. homeschool community. She loaned me all of her teaching home magazines. Oh, oh now, yes. I remember the days. Yes. Now <laughs> this was before Google, yes. before the internet. Mm. So this was my only access to homeschool curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I hear a lot of talk today about like home, home, unschooling and things like that. All we had was mm-hmm. school at home. That's yep. all we knew. Right. So, uh, you know, I sat down and I wrote letters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wrote letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wrote, didn't type them, mm-hmm. and wrote letters mm-hmm. to all the advertisers in the teaching home magazines and asked them to send their catalogs to me overseas. Oh. And so I spent probably a good year just pouring through them, through mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. trying to decide on a phonics curriculum. Mm-hmm. I wanted a curriculum that was pretty much like that did not do just one thing, yeah. that didn't just teach phonics. Mm-hmm. So I found one, I think it was called Christ Centered, and it taught uh grammar and uh, spelling and, you know, everything as mm-hmm. far as, as language arts 
in yeah. one thing. It yeah. also was multi-age. It started with age three with yeah. flashcards and went up to age seven. By the age of seven, uh, they were writing full paragraphs. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. Abeka was like too expensive for me. Yeah. Yeah. This actually mm-hmm. taught reading the same method as Abeka, which yeah. I thought was logical. It, the blend method. I, yeah. I absolutely was mm-hmm. in love with the blend method. So we have a box in our house that the postmark on the box says, uh, I think, September 1993. Big so deal from those days. Yes. yes. That contains our phonics curriculum. That is like the official start date of uh-huh. our homeschool. Uh-huh. Well, one of my daughters is a museum curator. She will not allow me to get rid of the box. Because one day she's going to create a Nelson Family Museum, and that's going to be part of that's going to be an exhibit. That so, makes like, my whole day. Yeah, I, I so you got a museum curator. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can actually see the box from where I'm sitting. Like she won't let me get rid of it. So, uh, even matter of fact, even uh, for a time, one of my other sisters was homeschooling. She would not let me like loan her that the home that. Cur- <laughs> no, no, it has to stay here yeah. uh, in the family. So from so by the time we left Germany, we had two daughters, and the second one is the museum curator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we moved to Okinawa. In Okinawa, the homeschool world just opened up uh, for us. They had a very large, very active uh, homeschool support group. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was called Ochi. Okinawa Christian Home Educators. And uh, the funny thing about it is, is that uh, the the vice president of that organization uh, was uh, the father of a family of color, of an African-American family. Uh, They actually have become our lifelong friends. When we Uh, all, when we moved to Texas, not only, not after, not long after, we moved to Texas when he retired from the Air Force. They moved to Texas oh, too. Neat, neat. Um, Cheryl was my homeschool mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, she has since passed away, but it, you know it's just kind of funny because my my mother's name is Cheryl. My Aww. homeschool my homeschool mentor, which is like a second mom, an older yeah. mom. Yeah. Her name was also Cheryl. Um, I'm, we're still very closely connected uh, in families. And so that's that was the other benefit yeah. of homeschooling mm. is that these people who have been in my life, as yeah. far as homeschooling is concerned, have become family, have that's, literally become family. That's why, you know, all of us seven sisters, all of our kids have long graduated from high school, but all the lifelong friends that we have made have all been from the homeschool roots. And even today, like uh, I've got a new friend with Nichelle here because (laughs) homeschooling keeps drawing us all together in the conversation. So, so, okay. All right. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit and I want to know how you got interested in like you going to college, like, like you homeschooled your kids all the way through. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden I did the same thing as while I still had kids homeschooling. I went back to college. And, right. And so I got my degree in counseling. Tell okay. about your story. Okay. So when we were getting close to the end of the trail, uh, our son, uh, our, our, 
our we lost our firstborn daughter, Adrian, mm, uh, mm. in 2003 uh, so from sad. a brain tumor. Thank oh, you. Uh, oh. It was a brain tumor we were aware of for only 72 hours. Oh, my gosh. Homeschooling, mm. homeschooling was such a blessing to me that when I look back, I'm thankful mm. because I get to spend every single day of her life with her. With I, her. We had no idea she was not. Uh, yes. This was literally suddenly. Um, wow. And so. Uh, after she passed away, uh, the advice that I got from my father-in-law was to make sure that my grieving did not interfere with my parenting. Uh, and so I, that even the more, uh, mm -hmm. now, mind you, that the dream that I had about homeschooling mm -hmm. was for Adrian. Yes. But when Adrian died, yeah. I thought, well, is at the end of the dream, am mm. I supposed to put my kids in school now? We mm. had a lot. Once we came back to the States, we had a lot of pushback from family. Um. You know, why are you doing that? You're not educated. You don't have a college degree. Um, it even got pretty insulting at times. Oh. I was told you were too stupid to homeschool. Oh uh, and your kitchen and your children will never be anything but kitchen help. Oh my God. Really, really insulting oh my uh, things about homeschooling. Um, and so, by the so, uh, when we got the first one into college, our second daughter into college, it was kind of like, okay, we can do this. Yes. Do this. Mm -hmm. uh, so, by the time the second one went, our son in 2018, I, or, excuse me, 2016, I knew, okay. It's, it's getting to be time for me to reinvent myself. I had oh. been working, uh, I had been working as a medical transcriptionist mm -hmm. for 14 years while I was mm -hmm. homeschooling, mm -hmm. and that profession was dying. Yeah. Uh, voice voice recognition technology yes. and offshoring uh, mm -hmm. to India was taking yep. the jobs and lowering the pay. So yeah. I knew I had there was. I, I had to reinvent myself. Yes. I did not have a choice because, of course, I can't just do nothing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, I had I had to sit back and look back at my homeschool journey and decide what aspect of that I would miss mm -hmm. once it was over. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing that, of course, that I would miss was teaching children to read. But I did yeah. not want to go into the elementary <laughs> school yeah. setting. Yeah. So um, uh I had become a history mom. My second daughter mm -hmm. had competed in the National History Day competition. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah. This is the daughter who knew from the time she was four years old that she wanted to be somehow involved in history. Um, our second, our third daughter, our youngest daughter, actually went all the way to nationals twice. Oh my gosh. History Day competition. Neat. So I knew history mm. was going to be something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting in the meeting for dual enrollment for our yeah. youngest daughter. Yeah. And the lady who's giving the, the incoming orientation talk talked about people who have college credits but never finished the degree. Uh, and I felt like an arrow went and hit me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's talking to me. So when I enrolled my youngest daughter, I enrolled myself. We awesome. actually had like one or two classes together. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we went to school together uh, oh. for those two years. And then uh, she went off, eventually she went off to Baylor. All of her kids went mm. to Baylor. Mm. Uh, and I continued on and... Mm. Uh, uh, so I now hold an associate's degree in history from Austin Community College. Mm -hmm. I graduated summa cum laude awesome. from uh, 
Houston Tillotson University, which is Austin's own HBCU, because I wanted to learn history from an African-American perspective that I knew that I wasn't getting in other awesome. schools. And yes. I, I, I mean, it was mind blowing and yes. I absolutely love it. Yes. Uh, then of course the pandemic hit and I had wanted to get a master's in history, but I couldn't get into the school that I wanted. So I ended up getting a master's degree in education in uh, multicultural studies, which oh. really fits with my entire life oh my story. Yes. Uh, being uh, surrounded by military my entire life. Yes. I am going to enroll yeah. For the spring semester into a master's in history uh, program, uh, but uh, you got I, you, you've got the you've got the education bug now for yes, you, not just for exactly. Kids. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so you've got all of these lives. You've been all over the world, just lived yes. all over the world. You raised your kids in all kinds of places. You yes. know how to teach history by living in it. Yes. And, and from the education. And, and now you've got these degrees. So what led to you starting your own courses online? So tell that right. story. Of course, pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, uh, I was actually teaching, while I was attending Houston Tillotson, I was teaching a uh, in a very small homeschool co-op. Mm. And I had four history students. Uh. And so I literally had to, quickly move online. We didn't yes. come back after spring break. So to yeah. complete the year, I had to quickly learn Google Classroom. I had to mm-hmm. quickly learn a lot of technology. In mm-hmm. some in some places, my students were actually helping me. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Nelson, push this button, you know, yes. uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> so when I started going to school online, uh, one of the classes that I had to take was in educational technology. And I thought, you know what? I like this. I really do. I really like teaching online. Uh, And so my daughters and I were in the kitchen one day and we were discussing, um, uh, for them, we were discussing like a a side hustle. And Mm -hmm. and I told them, you know, that I wanted to continue uh, teaching history online. And and so my older daughter, who is the museum curator, was Mm -hmm. like, well, I want to do it too. And then the younger daughter, who has always been, I call her last but not least, she's always, she's the baby. And she's like, well, you can't do it without me. (laughs) So uh, she was majoring in political science. And so Mm -hmm. uh, she taught a full year as an Uh undergrad. She taught a full year of U.S. government. She Mm -hmm. is now now um, working on Capitol Hill. So oh. uh, I am in the process of taking her U.S. government class mm-hmm. and making it self-paced because she can't teach live classes right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, want, I, I, I hope none of our listeners missed this because we get questions all the time for a useful civics or government course because Mm -hmm. so many of the materials are pretty archaic or boring is what outdated too and yeah and so you've got a daughter who's working on capitol hill yes who is y'all are developing an asynchronous course for that right yeah and and she's already taught it online that this kid who knows what she's doing like for heaven's sake so um, so you've got it, your website, by the way, I need to drop the name several times. So it's warp and weft yes. history, and we'll put links in the show notes. Um, but this, I mean, 
this is something people have been waiting for. Wonderful. And so I, I am just so excited about that. And then you have history courses because it's warping with history. Yes. So tell yes. about some of the history courses that you are working on. Yes. So I teach several live courses. I teach uh, U.S. history, mm. um, which is for high schoolers. And uh, I, once again, I bring into it a multicultural yes. perspective. We yes. talk about um, basically the, the, the way that I teach U.S. history is to teach what we call the stock stories, which mm. are the things that we, you know, that we just take for granted as American history yeah. in 1492 Columbus Sail. So yes. Those are the stock stories. <laughs> yes. But then we, we take a look at those stories and we kind of see whose voices are absent from the story. Yes. Who do we not hear from? Yeah. And so we call those the concealed stories. Where are the concealed stories? And even Sometimes in the concealed stories, there are stories of resistance. Yes. Um, how did how you know there are there are those who enact history and there are those on whom history has been in, enacted. Yes. And so we kind of look at where did the resistance fall mm -hmm. in and there. And then we take those because I love educational te mm -hmm. technology. We take those and we put those in a digital format so we can share those the things that we've learned mm -hmm. online with friends and family. And so we kind of do that with many of our courses. Uh, World History One is a really popular course. And mm. I'm using uh, Susan Weiss Bowers' oh, yes. uh, History of the Ancient World. Yes. Uh, but I'm bringing into it uh, educational field trips and, and let's mm -hmm. look at these artifacts and uh, mm -hmm. let's visit Pompeii on the day uh, of the uh, eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Okay. And so my World History One students, they really get excited about things like archaeology and mm. linguistics and mm. migration patterns. And, and it's it's really exciting to mm. see them get excited about history. Uh, World History Two, Three, and Four continue the journey. Uh, let's see, I also have an African-American history course mm. where we're discussing U.S. history, but we're discussing it again from the African-American perspective and mm. bringing in uh, stories that you might not hear in the stock stories of U.S. Mm -hmm. history. Mm -hmm. uh, things that are, what I like to say is that we start out uh, reading from a drone's eye view. Oh, and yes. then when we get into class, because our classes are only uh, a 90-minute class mm -hmm. one day a week. So mm -hmm. our students spend time with the textbook mm -hmm. throughout the week. Once we get in class, that is just for discussion. So mm. we start looking at things at a closer, closer in, scaling mm -hmm. in, looking mm -hmm. at individuals who lived in that time period, uh, analyzing primary sources, trying mm -hmm. to find out uh, what was their take, what was their perspective, mm -hmm. teaching students to analyze history in the culture and the context in which mm -hmm. it happened. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I, oh, and then there's, then, then there's National History Day coaching um, for oh. students who want to, you know, my daughter who went to nationals. Yes. They were a homeschool team from yes. a homeschool co-op. Um, they were beat. They were, they won second place. They were oh, well. beat by right. homeschool brother and sister team. <laughs> so homeschoolers <laughs> utilizing National yes. History Day competition yes. is wonderful. Being yeah. able to tell the story. You know, mm -hmm. we, um, 
often history is just taught as like an intake. It's just yeah. like baits and figures and yeah. people. National History Day gives the opportunity to take that information and display it as an yeah. exhibit, as a performance, uh, yeah. as a website, as a documentary, like, you know, yeah. or as a paper, five different categories. So I offer yeah. coaching in uh, National History Day. Well, and so well. you you got, you know, evidence-based, you know what you're doing with that? Yes. <laughs> but I, I can't recommend National History Day enough. Like that is such a, for the young people I know who have competed in that, just mm -hmm. life-changing working on their projects. Yes. And the process of presenting and, and doing all that. And I tell you, when that shows up on somebody's transcript as a competition they've been part of, it really is attractive to yes. um, admissions yes. advisors. Because so. they're so, it's it's such detailed work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a commitment. And you can log all those hours for the trip. Yes. Like, all right. So all right, all right, short rabbit trail. So are any of your courses asynchronous so us moms can sneak and do it ourselves? <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I have so many moms, particularly with African American history, yeah. because, you know, uh, I was raised in a multicultural environment, but it wasn't until I began to homeschool my own my own children that I realized that my education was not multicultural. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there were people that we were reading about and I was like, what? I've never heard of them before. Yeah. And so I have been teaching classes where moms were in the background and they yeah. were, you know, sometimes they've gotten in the camera like, really? You know, that was good. Yeah. So I have, I've had, uh, I had moms that were sitting yeah. in the background, just like paying yeah. attention to the classes. Maybe yeah. one day I will, yeah. I will do that. You that have to do a, a mom series for the, those of us yes. who want to stalk your classes there. Cause it, it really, you know, like you, because you have, the years of life experience mm -hmm. and the 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 degrees so you've got different angles of of experience to present the information mm -hmm. um you've got some things to offer that moms like me just yeah. don't have access to so i i uh, i want to i i do want to stalk your classes so anyway i all right. get asked about because right now i'm only uh -huh. teaching teens Yes. So I often get asked about younger, uh, yeah. you know, classes for younger yeah. children. For me, younger children, we uh, in our homeschool, we were totally literature based. Yeah. Uh, when we were before they were teenagers. Yeah. And so one day I'll get together maybe a reading list or something like yeah. that. These are recommended books for uh, that particular age group. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah. One thing at a time, the teens need right. you. So anyway, so tell folks how they can find Nichelle Nelson and Warp and Weft. So right. tell, give us some links to. to okay. Uh, so we are www.warpandwefthistory.com. And that is a nod to my ancestors. My ancestors were Cherokee freedmen who went mm. across the Trail of Tears and mm. they were weavers. And so mm. these are, these are, and, and so when we discuss history from different perspectives, mm -hmm. we're kind of weaving in a story. Yes. So if you think, if you, if you are uh, familiar with weaving, just yeah. think warp and weft history. We are on Facebook. I think it's at weaving history. If mm -hmm. you do a search, uh, on Facebook. We are also on Instagram, uh, W-A-R-P underscore and underscore weft. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. And I will put links in the show notes so people can easily find you because this is 
yeah, this is a fresh and, and unique opportunity for our, our teens and someday it's moms. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and I would just like folks to have access to that. So I'm so blessed by your story and I would love to hear more of it. So maybe we're going to have to get together again. Sure. And sure. Uh, I would love that. So everybody look up Warp, warp and Weft. <laughs> history and uh, you can have some opportunities that are just lovely for your kids. And Michelle, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. So this has been the homeschool high school podcast brought to you by seven sisters, homeschool.com and the ultimate homeschool podcast network. Thank you, Seth Tillman for all the editing and thank you everyone for listening and sharing. And Hey, if you can go to Apple podcast or wherever you listen and, and leave us some stars, it helps other moms find us. So, and that, that is nice to share the love. Alrighty, everybody have a great day and we'll see you next week.